Hello, Jeffrey. Hey, Dor. You sound... That wasn't your normal hello, Jeffrey. It was a little disgruntled. What's going on? I'm in the middle of a Instagram argument with someone. Let me, let me guess the subject matter. Yes, they're telling me Hamas is a, you know, a contentious organization. They believe in two-state solution and are not going after Jews. Just Zionists. Oh, oh no, I can't handle it. It's just... It sounds like you're having a Twitter argument with someone who's in Hamas. <laughs> My name's Jeff. I'm calling in from California. My name's Dora, and I'm joining you from London. Out of 16 million, we are two. Two freaked out Jews. They just don't, they don't get it. The, 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 these people, they live in the, you know, in the West. They think this is, you know, the Middle East is exactly like Europe. It's all logical. It's not a religious conflict. They just, yeah. Anyway, oh I'm God. frustrated. Who is, is this like someone you work with or someone you know? <laughs> or just a random person? No, it's someone I, I knew from university. But anyway, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'll, I'll deal with it later because you interrupted me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know how it is. I know. Everyone can relate with you, Dora. I go on Twitter nowadays, seldomly, because it's such a terrible, terrible website. I just It's like, you know what it's like? It's like, you know when you smell something that's kind of stinky, but you can't, it's like kind of like you just got to keep smelling it because it's kind of a good stink, even though you, it's a gross stink. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's what Twitter's like. Only you and I. Yeah. <laughs> I go in there and I just feel like this is disgusting but I'm looking around and every comment is just the worst people acting their worst and I, I read something that annoys me like you just said and then I'll just like type out this answer often I won't even send it I'll be like okay just calm down don't even send it sometimes I will send it and then I never even it's just a, I have a troll account it's not even from my name it's just like I go in there to, to dip my toe into the dirty pool of stinkiness <laughs> I, I'll explain why I'm doing this you know you know, people would, would tell me, why do you bother with these people? Um, partially, I like to know what the opinion is, because I think you need to know what is out there and not just stay in your own bubble, because we have to fight this, right? So partly I engage because I want to know what they're thinking, as misguided as it is. Um, and to f- to think about how we can combat it, because it's, uh, it's a big problem. The- all this trolling and terribleness and and uh, the awful news from last week and all this like torment. I'm on I'm on like break right now, vacation from work, and I like I think I've subconsciously given myself a break from from the the torment of this conflict. You know that classic uh, diaspora privilege we have to do. Sure, I I just like to acknowledge that you know you mentioned the. Um, so some people have not heard our discussion about sort of the, the privilege of being in the diaspora, which is right. you do feel alone because you're obviously surrounded by lots of people that don't understand what's going on in, in Israel, as, as the argument with my Instagram person uh, showcases. But what we do have a privilege um, in the diaspora is we can, dis- yeah, we can disconnect more easily well, you know, I speak to my family in Israel and friends and they're just constantly, you know, you can, you can, even over the phone, you can understand the depression um, that's going on because, you know, you have, I mean, just this weekend, you had uh, more than 10 soldiers. Uh, no, died. no, let's turn off. No, 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 oh, no, 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 door. Uh, let's move away. Okay. See what just happened there? <laughs> it's so easy to dip back into it. But I just, 
I just remember when we were in the side, army, we were talking about side side yeah. piece, Jeff. You probably should not say yes. no, 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 no. Let's move away. Oh, there's there's, right. pri- there's privilege, and then there's like ah, ignoring and dismissing. Yeah. No, I redacted there's, there's like, from the record. I'm not cutting it up, but I redacted. I that was wrong to say, and I agree with you. Okay. Anyway, so Dor, we spent countless hours, countless nights in the army. And we talked about everything under the sun, I, I think. Like, you told me about your travels and your friends. I told you about my family. Like, we've had countless conversations. And I don't think this is a conversation we've ever had. And I'm just, frankly, I'm just curious because you're such a different type of person than me. I just want to hear what you think uh, about spirituality. This is Two Freaked Out Jews. And part of that is being Jewish. I know we're both secular. But I'm curious to know, like, if you ever go deep and just think about what it all means. You mean Judaism? Life, Dor. <laughs> oh, Just, God. I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I want to know how hard you think about this stuff. And and how does Judaism tie into it? But, like, does it tie into it? I know you're secular. I know that I'm secular. I know you don't want to talk about this. It's not... And I... But I'm... Just live, live, go. Like, what... Do you ever think about it? It's not that I don't want to talk about it. I just... When you initially say it, I'm not sure how you want me to talk about it or where where is the angle that you want me to answer on. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Can I ask you some questions? Yeah, go ask me some questions. Yeah, Yeah. so I can better understand what you mean. So first question is easy. Do you believe in God? I don't. I believe that there's a possibility that there can be a higher form of being, but I don't necessarily think that um, that God, what we know as God, uh, necessarily exists. I don't need it for my belief system. What is your belief system? <laughs> and you can ask questions back at me. I don't think it should be like me grilling you, but like I have answers. I think about things. Okay, well, well, I'll, let's go back. Wait, you, what's your view of God? Do you believe in God? I mean, I think anything's possible. I don't. I don't believe in like God in the Jewish sense, like strictly. You know. I think that anything is completely possible and I'm just really, I think about, I have all sorts of different theories. Sometimes I think about the simulation theory. Do you ever think about that one? I studied philosophy and we, we actually do the simulation question. It's actually just a question that comes up in philosophy. I don't really remember my answer, but I think it's very difficult to prove that you're not in a simulation. There's a whole essay I wrote about this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anyone uh, read it. But, Wait a uh, second. Should I just like read the definition of simulation theory real quick? No, don't. Don't, no, no. It's super confusing. Simulation. No, no. Here it is. I'm going to read it really quick off Google. The okay. simulation hypothesis proposes that what humans experience the world is, is actually a simulated reality, such as a computer simulation in which humans themselves are constructs. There has been much debate on this topic, ranging from philosophical discourse to practical applications in computing. And I want to tie this to Judaism. I think that sometimes I think about this and I'm like, if we are a simulation and, and if I'm the main character in my simulation and there's some like nerd in a basement making this world, this very detailed world, it's interesting that they're like, let's make this guy Jeff from this really small but very important historical religion. And he's going to be born in this time where things are going pretty good. And then right when he reaches kind of like young middle age and his 30s, things start to feel really bad. That would be interesting for this story that we're telling. And this, and they programmed us to be born into this world where my grandparents were in the Holocaust and we were scared. And then when we reach our 30s and I start to have kids of my own, it starts to become Holocaust-y. It's just really good storytelling. It's, it's scary. There's an arc to this. And like I tie, like if... 
if there if simulation theory is real and someone's simulating with me as the main character it's really cool that they made this religion judaism and like uh, anyways thoughts on the story so, so jeff basically your life is like a mix between the matrix and the truman show i find that hard to believe both of them are good films you know i like i love the matrix my favorite film but no let's not let's not go there you'll go into some kind of existential loop that you'll never be able to get out of uh, i just wouldn't go there uh, the world of simulation is a really good Film called The Matrix. I wouldn't. You I wouldn't say you wouldn't there. go there. You mean I shouldn't think too hard on this? You're saying? Yeah, it doesn't help anyone to think that the world is a simulation. I'm just telling you from a philosophical point of view. It's just, it's just not worth it. In your opinion. So what I know, is I know a lot of people in like the far right now talk about red pilling and blue pilling, which is uh, again goes back to the Matrix about like that the you know society controls them and everything's controlled. If you sniff around, you're like, hmm. Hmm, anti-Semitism. Oh, so wait, hold on. You're saying that red pill, blue pill people, if you scratch the surface on just like what they're talking about, you'll get to anti-Semitism. I mean, who controls the media? Who controls the world? There's a global conspiracy. Guess who's in charge of it? Oh, yes. Let me pick a group that's easy to attack. The Jews. So are you comes compare- back to that. So you're comparing my just like talking about simulation theory to a conspiracy theory? I think the simulation theory is a fun philosophical debate it makes a really good film i love the matrix but if you take it to actually real life and beyond science fiction then you'll eventually end up in anti-semitism and door i don't actually believe in this simulation theory as as like dogma i just think about it sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. that's fine i'm just i'm just uh, let, let me go back to your question let me find another way to answer it so uh you asked me if i believe god exists i think that a god of the bible can exist I think I don't personally believe in it. I don't require it to live my life. So therefore I don't need it. So what do you believe? Um, I think that there could be, I think there could be higher beings. I just don't need a higher being or any of this um, spiritual force to explain my life or explain what's going on with me. So I don't need it. I don't need it in my, again, this is going very philosophical by epistemology. I don't need it to explain and, and to dictate. Now that's to do with God. Now, let's go back to Judaism. Um, I think there's a lot of good in Judaism that pertains to daily life. For example, I think one of the the greatest things in Judaism, which is really sad, um, bit is a a shiva, which, you know, the seven days after someone dies. Sitting shiva. Yeah, sitting shiva. And I think that's actually one of, it's it's a, and the fact that in Judaism, I know there's, uh, scientific reasons why people were buried in initially so the body doesn't decompose but again in Judaism the body you need to bury someone you know straight away and then you have the seven days and I think that from a psychological point of view that's a genius way to handle bereavement it's sort of saying look the person has died which is really sad let let God look after them now we need to look after the people that are left I'm going to t- dedicate seven days to that. And I think that's, a, that's an amazing thing. It allows people to sort of to, to, to move on from the, the person that's died and concentrate on the people that are living. So I think that's so a... Do, yeah, a, so Dor, what I took from that is that you really like the practical aspects of Judaism, but, you're, but the spiritual aspect is not something that you think too hardly to I like, like the, adhere to. 
I like a lot of the practical aspects of Judaism. Obviously, I don't like I don't keep Shabbat. I don't keep that practical aspect. I like the community aspect of Judaism. I like the the strength. I I think that I just for me I don't need the spirituality of God, me as a personal being, to to live my life. I just don't I don't need it in when I make decisions, how I treat people, etc., etc. I love the the practical stuff, the religious stuff, the community stuff of Judaism, the identity. Yeah. Israel, my wife obviously believes in God. She's semi-religious, so she likes it. That's great. I just don't personally require it to live my life, so I don't need it. Can I guess? Take a guess about something. Sure. Can I guess that you're someone who believes that when you die, it just goes black and it turns off, and there's nothing past that, right? Is that necessarily true? Yes, because I've don't have evidence to the contrary. I haven't. So the concept you, of heaven and the cons, concept of an afterlife is actually very, very useful um, to believe in in terms of bereavement, in terms of like what you know the importance of yourself in 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 our life. In, on oh Earth. my God, Dor, you're so show, you're show so practical. Say. Like, Dor, hold on here. <laughs> All right, enough of this practicality. Oh, <laughs> heaven, it's so useful. Oh my God, Dor, I'm saying it's a useful There's device. Been, I can just I haven't tell you found something? There has it. been some evidence. There's been a lot of cases where people had near-death experiences and they see their life flash before their eyes and it's a kind of leads you to believe that your body and your soul aren't connected and and, does, and your soul can go on to other. There is there are a lot of like practically practically claimed instances oh, I'm, like that. I'm, you get you you misunderstand me. I don't deny that it's a possibility. Okay. It just doesn't it can't affect my life on earth, so to speak. Um, so I, therefore I don't use it. I don't need it. Um, as soon as I do need it, then I'll have it, but it doesn't mean that I deny that it exists. There's lots of things in the universe, like quantum mechanics that could indicate, uh, scientific reasons for what happens afterwards and the continuation of human <laughs> beings after the physical. Um, so there's definitely a room for it. All right. But- you're making like, if, if I was a cartoon and you just saw my face while you were talking about quantum, whatever, you would have seen both of my eyes spinning in different directions while you were talking about that. But when I'm listening to this later, I'll try to listen to it slowly and piece together what you're saying there. But you lost me. Is what I'm I saying. just don't need it. To, to, I don't need it to live my life, but I don't deny that it's a possibility. Has there ever been a moment where you felt like very, what's the most spiritual you've ever felt? You know, well, like, what about this? Did you ever feel spiritual at the Western Wall, the Kotel? I haven't been for a long time, so I want to go back. I don't remember. I thought I've, I was more connected to the, you know, the history of the Jewish people rather than spirituality, yeah. but I, I don't know. I don't remember. Ask yeah. me when we're there. Okay. Oh, we should do an episode from live from the Kotel. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's really sad? What's really interesting? I'm coming out as like a really cold person because we um, ascribe, you know, a lot of warmth, a lot of like, you're not iron- a cold iron- person. ironically, humanity yeah. to like spiritualness and things like that. I'm not against those things. I just, you know, when no, I collapse, I don't I think just, you're like, a cold person. I think, yeah, I think you're Mr. Logic and is, this tracks with that. And I, and, but no, you're not a, a cold person. You like, sometimes you can. To like, sometimes you get a giggle fit when you're like, when I sometimes make you laugh really hard and you get this giggle fit and you like turn red. I can't explain it, but like, it, it's very warm. And yeah, you're just like a very logical I think person. I like to concentrate on the, the here and the now and the humanity here rather than the humanity yeah. in, the next, in the next world. I, as you know, 
I have like super potent ADD and it's not like en vogue ADD. Like since childhood, I was on like pills growing up through school. It's like my parents like, what are we going to do with this kid? I have very strong ADD. So synagogue was not, uh, was not well received with me and my like, <laughs> and my ADD. Like I just have memories of my dad pinching me in Beit Knesset, like with the rabbis talking. I get pinched by my dad because I'm not paying attention. <laughs> and that's not spiritual to me. It, like I couldn't connect. So I wonder if there's like, Haredi people or ultra orthodox people who have ADD that must be a super big struggle. But moving on from that, my mom I think she she had an undiagnosed ADD I think and she would take me out of temple, out of synagogue, during the high holidays and me and her would go into the woods behind my my synagogue I grew up going to, and we would look for salamanders and it was so fun it was so magical it was such a um, such a great tradition my mom did for me and we did together. Sometimes I like think about looking for salamanders on Yom Kippur as almost spiritual to me. And so and, you left. Uh, so you left the synagogue and then you went to look for lizard people. So <laughs> not lizard people, li- lizards. No, I think they're amphibians. But it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it's something spiritual to me about going into the woods and like lifting up logs, looking for life. Like that was so an amphibian okay. life that's so different than my life. And to this day, just like treasure hunting or searching for things like i maybe it's because also because my add i like to be doing two things at once and i do better thinking when i'm searching anyways there's something in there i'm not sure (laughs) i mean i like the quote you know i do better thinking when i'm searching that's a nice quote all right it's going on our two freaked out jews t-shirt merch (laughs) (laughs) all right do you have any questions for me what's do you have a question for me this week door i do i do um We've touched on this before, um, but I want to go more deep into it. Um, and from your perspective, you have young kids. Um, how do you see their future in America? Uh, I mean, sometimes it's, it makes me very scared and keeps me up at night. And sometimes I think maybe this will, I, I mean, sometimes I think that what we're experiencing now will boil over into some sort of world war and out, out the other end of the world war are, are just are everything could look completely different and it would be a society that we just can't even predict sometimes i think about this i i i think about it like you know when you're really drunk and you have to vomit and you're like kind of scared to vomit and you have to like work up the courage to vomit has that ever happened to you door yeah so what you're trying to say is that there's so much sort of like it's you know, bad that you have to let out. Yeah, right now the world is like is like when you're sick and you have to vomit and you're working up. The, it's like you're working up the will to do the vomit, and that would be some sort of world war conflict, which is terrible to think about. But at the end of it, you after the end of vomiting, sometimes you feel better. Basically, you're saying things need to get worse to get better. Yeah, it could be. It could be that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you though, because, and we spoke about this last time. I think we had a really interesting conversation about what do we do about um you know the left wing extreme left wing ideology and gen z and in the time that we've spoken this poll came out that said um 51 percent of 18 to 24 year olds i think was the uh, amount or 50 percent above 50 percent basically said they support hamas over israel or basically to solve the conflict give Israel to Hamas, and of course we'll have a lovely utopian country. 
Um, it's just, now, is the is the person you're arguing with on Instagram and Gen Z? Because it sounds like it. Actually, not, and that's that's the that's the interesting thing about it. It's not Gen. Z. It's not just Gen Z. Let me say something because we keep talking about Gen Z and sort of like it's like we vilify Gen Z or we're vilifying the the left or things like that. Right. And I think that that's actually what's led us partially down this route. I think that. Um, there's a lot of uh, conversations happening, I think, in the diaspora community. Israel should have done more. Or how responsible is Israel for the diaspora? Israel has sort of um, not really come to the aid of the diaspora. I think most people would say that. Or not enough. Well, I think the... Wait, wait, the... I, but what, do you th- what could, in the dream scenario, what would Israel be doing to come to the aid of the diaspora? It sounds well, like... Yeah, yeah. So let's, well, first I would think, analyze what do I mean by they haven't come to the aid. So I think one of the examples that, um, uh, especially the last 10 years of Israeli governments, they've really honed in on the Republican Party. They've, they've, Israel used to be a bipartisan issue and very, very slowly in America. um, And, you know, Joe Biden from the Democrats has sort of been the beacon of... uh, I hope he's really been maybe supportive the, and, of Israel, but and maybe I think, the last bastion of support for Israel from the left. Hopefully not. I think. Well, well this is this. But, yeah, I, I think that there's certainly a debate. The Israel's actions, basically, to get support and the closeness that, uh, let's say, Bibi had to Trump or whatever, you know, they've gone towards the Republican Party and sort of left the Democrats. Now, and that, I think it was a. I I think that's a huge mistake, and. I, I well, it's that. a huge it's a huge mistake because if we go back to Gen Z or, or we talk about the progressive, the future of America in terms of intellectuals and the people that do go right. to university, the people that do lead stuff in terms of businesses and uh, uh, are, you know, we know young people are more progressive. We know more young people vote Democrat. We know that. And if you just leave them, have you just lost a generation? You know, so, Dor, like part of the problem, what you're talking about isn't even... It has nothing to do with Israel. It's the fact that politics in America have become so polarized, and in the West issue, in general, in the West in general, in the West in general, America. every issue is being pushed to the right and the left, and uh, and Israel got shoved to the right, embraced by Bibi Netanyahu, which I think is such a flop on his part. I know this guy who is who said that he really appreciates Bernie Sanders because he made the Democratic Party like further to the left and i'm like what are you talking about that's a terrible why would you ever want the democratic party to go further to the left we want things to stay centered on both parties for the good of for the good of a global order like yes there are are like things that would be better if they were more conservative or more liberal but like in general we don't want whole parties moving to the left and to the right it just in general, because a crazy seesaw effect, and that's bad for Israel. That's bad for America. That's bad for Palestinians. That's bad for everybody. So what everyone needs to be doing is taking a breath and center yourself. I know I'm sounding a little smug here, but that's just do it, you dicks. Well, no, the the I, I think you're 100 percent right. Most of the solutions to to the world's problems come from the center. Why? Because we need compromise. And that's how you get to get solutions. You Moderate. Have to the this is a war of extremes. The person you're arguing with on Instagram, they don't realize it, but they're part of these extremes. The people who are out in the streets, correct, like screaming anti-Israel stuff, you're an extreme. 
and the people who are like and the people within Israel being like screw the whole democratic party we're moving to the right that's extreme it's not helpful the global oh no my kids just got home yes do you see what I'm saying centered hold on I'm going to close this door so I'm going to go back to my question Jeff and my question was are you concerned about the future of your kids yes. in America? If, if I am. Yes, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the future of everyone in America. But let me say that where I've taken this from, from our discussion is that uh, I do believe that there is, like we discussed in our last episode, there is definitely an, a, a new unique problem coming from the extreme left. Um, that is threatening Jew- the Jewish diaspora, threatening Israel, therefore threatening our insurance policy, therefore will ha- cause us issues if people ever kick us out. I think that what we've discussed here is that there is a general belief that Israeli policy partially abandoned the diaspora, like the, the investment in, into Asbara, into, into foreign policy. Oh, a- you're saying abandoned the diaspora by choosing partisan sides in American politics. So it, it abandoned the diaspora Jews in America because most Jews in America were Democrats. So, yeah, I think you're right. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I think abandon is a very strong word. I think, again, as I mentioned, Israel will always, it supports uh, Jews around the world in terms of intelligence, in terms of uh, bomb threats or kidnap threats or any terror attacks. It comes to the aid militarily. We saw this in Entebbe. Sorry, it's interesting you bring up Entebbe because like, the hero of Entebbe was Yoni Netanyahu, who died rescuing Jews out of the, the airport in Entebbe. And his brother, Bibi. Benjamin Netanyahu, I think when, you, when you're saying that Israel abandoned the diaspora, I think what you're saying is Benjamin Netanyahu abandoned the diaspora. He's the one who chose the partisan sides. He was in power for the last 10 years. This is part of his short-sightedness, part of why he's a quote-unquote excellent politician but not a good leader. That was what you said once. Correct. So, like, Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's what I mean so, by abandoned. And I think it's a very, uh, it's an emotive word that I'm using. I so agree with you. Like, I think it is, I think. I think that, yeah, it's, yeah I think I it's think partly, that, partly the, by going for bipartisans, uh, going against bipartisanship. I think it's about, you know, the, uh, the lack of funds for Hasbara for, to help the Jews in the diaspora explain and deal with this, uh, new ideology coming to basically uh set up jews as the oppressors as as quote unquote as we said white um as colonizers right no we haven't the jews haven't had help the jews in the diaspora haven't had help dealing with it now i'm not saying that it's all israel's responsibility jews in the diaspora also have to take that on board and they can't they have to we, I'll say, we have to find a new way to deal with it. And I think part of the way to deal with it is realize that this is happening, is to speak out, like you mentioned in the last episode that we were starting to speak out. It is to bring Israel back into uh, the the policy of bipartisan... Into bipartisan territory. It is to understand that because the narrative now has changed dramatically. Before we were talking about Oslo, we were talking about... 1967 borders two-state solution you have people now 18 to 24 year olds that are now talking about 1948 and the one-state solution that's the new we need to deal with that door question so clearly so clearly there's 
within universities. Let's just focus on your universities. Clearly, in the most renowned universities, there's a systematic uh, process that hires anti-West, anti-capitalist, anti-Israel, anti-America uh, thought leaders who um, pass their views onto students who are ado- adopting them. Right? Is that fair to say? I think there's a lot of them, yes. So if it's systematic, I would hope that some journalists can dig in and find out why these people are being hired in such mass. Like, it, I've, I've seen some articles about, like, Qatari funds um, are going to these major universities. Is that the reason that these professors and these presidents of the universities are being hired? Can we dig in? Can we follow the money? Can we do... Is there... I wish someone would do some investigative journalism and just pinpoint... I think it's... Um, who's at the top of this pyramid? I think this is a multi-front war. I think it's... You have to follow the money. You have to see if there's some kind of systematic um, thing. And we know that universities are... For obvious reasons, they've always been progressive li- liberal. The point is that nowadays progressive liberal means anti-West, therefore anti-Israel. Um <laughs> We you so, know who so we need you know to deal really with that. Benefit? We need to yeah. We need to deal with that. That's one part of the front. We need to deal with Israel coming back to bipartisanship. We need to we need to deal with companies basically saying we don't tolerate this kind of level of discourse. Um, we need to do what you were talking about last episode, which is putting your head up high and and you know and do talking about Judaism, talking about our uh, our experiences in that diaspora. Don't, not being silent. Yes, I agree with all these things. These are all, these are all part of the front. I'm still not think that I, d- I still haven't found that silver bullet. Maybe it doesn't exist. But we need something else that will do a dramatic change to what's happening. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think with this generation, by the way, we've lost them. So the the new tactic, oh, no. the new tactic. There, you know, there is a new generation already called Generation Alpha. Yeah. That- so I honestly think that this because I'm, I'm speaking to people on on Instagram. I think Gen Z is finished. I think we. Um, again, not all of Gen Z. There's lots of uh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of good Gen Z. The soldiers fighting in Israel right now are Gen Z. Yeah, the soldiers in Israel, the soldiers that are doing amazing work in Gaza at the moment. Um, I mean, are Gen Z, and everyone thought, oh, they're not going to be able to do it. They're too. They're TikTok generation. They're doing an amazing job. So I don't want to say. So oh, you're saying there is there is there is room for redemption for Gen Z, and I think I, they can turn I don't. I'm not against Gen Z. I think we're just saying Gen Z, but really, what we're talking about is, is extreme people that believe in extreme left. It's not Gen Z. There's yes, lots of. Yes, yes, yes. We're using that as a, as a catch-all term. Maybe we should stop. Maybe that's one of the things we should do. Is we should stop <laughs> just going. Well, that's the problem. There is no word for for this opposition we're facing. It's people call them woke, and, and that's kind of cringy now. People have, like called them. You know, there's a lot of words for it. I, I think there is a lot of. I mean, we look. We look at the numbers. There's a lot of 18, 24 year olds, and we can see the numbers. So, I think those people are lost. I think we, as a the Jewish diaspora and Israel, should start refocusing how we change the narrative going forward. These people are not going to be convinced. We need, these are these we need are, generation alpha to yeah. We need generation alpha yeah. to like come up and, and be sensible. Exactly because you've got in America was a couple of weeks ago. You you had you know people on TikTok basically reading letter to America by Osama bin Laden saying, "Oh my God, he was so right." Right. I mean, okay. at that point, Dor, you've lost. People. I have to stop you've you. I have to stop you to say something. I have to make Go a point. On. Who would benefit from anti-West professors poisoning the minds of the youth? Who would benefit from this? The same people, I hate, like, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on here, but it's not really. It's China. Of course China would benefit 
from from anti-West professors teaching the young generations of America. Of course, China would benefit from sending from all of a sudden blasting out Osama bin Laden's letter to America on several different TikTok accounts at the same time. Like, I, I think I think there's I think first of all that. You know, TikTok is semi-organic. We don't know how much China actually manipulates it. We we have no idea. I I, I would say it's very safe to assume the worst. Because it, it, it's safe to assume the worst, but yeah. we don't know. What we do know is that in China they have been briefing against Israel. That we do know. If it translates to TikTok, and why? Because because Israel represents Western values in the Middle East. What you said about China, I think, is interesting. And if we go back to what I said about sort of the multi-front war approach that we need to deal with this um, extreme left ideology, is one of them you said is, you know, raising our voices, being proud of being Jewish uh, and, and amplifying that. The other one is following the money and seeing why these lecturers are being um, brought to universities with one particular extreme opinion. The other one is, is the, 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 the other one is it's looking at um, how do we make Israel switch to being bipartisan again. But I think from a, the China perspective is really how do we separate the obviously China and America are having sort of this clash of civilizations. How does Israel become bipartisan in that? It doesn't want to be part of this massive war between America and China it, it 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 doesn't really affect anything so how do we change that perception even in China that it doesn't <laughs> that's influence? a tall order door because it is involved it's involved because because chi- it's involved because China is is aligned with Russia and Russia is aligned with Iran and Iran's mortal enemy is Israel so it's a tall order that, that it, a tall it's order. a tall order um, America is still our most important ally and the West is our most important ally I'm just thinking that how do we change the narrative that it doesn't become that you that China doesn't have to use this tool to attack America, um, and is it because America's vulnerable on this and we have to find a way to make America not vulnerable to this kind of attack? <laughs> well, the I don't America know yet. Is, America is very vulnerable. No, right now, no, not vulnerable on the Israel yeah. issue. I'm saying vulnerable on the Israel issue. Uh, I haven't gotten the solutions yet, but again, every time we discuss. This is not. This is a very difficult problem, and I don't think there's a silver bullet. I would like to find one. All those things that you said, those four steps, might be moot if the world keeps heading towards a war, a, a world war on a giant. Scale. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Like, let's. That, it just seems more likely. Let's not. Uh, let's not manifest. Yeah, it. let's not manifest a yeah. war to to change people's opinions. I don't want to, Dor. Just like I get, have to be honest, that it does seem. I get you, likely. and it's and certainly the Gaza war in Israel now is going to change dramatically. Um, the Palestinian trajectory and Israel trajectory. So sometimes you do need a reset. Going back to what you said before, things need to get worse before they get better. I am hopeful, though, that that will lead to a better outcome. But we can chat about it another time. Oh, hooey. I wanted to get spiritual, but I... <laughs> normally I I have a, a very strong opinions, and here I'm like balancing between because i don't know what the solutions are um that's fine that's why it's like we're having like a we're having like a jam session trying to figure it out you know i know so i don't think this has been like a very in a way it's a helpful probably why it's a helpful discussion but i don't know if i've reached anywhere yet so listen is is, all right all this there's a theme in this episode 
we don't know none of us know what death is none of us know what spirituality is and i'm talking about all humans none of us know the answer or how things are going to be in this in this conflict and we're we're nervous about that and, and we don't know but what we can do is and it's not healthy but we're doing it is getting on twitter getting on instagram and just like zeroing zeroing in on someone and just like telling them how you feel and that's why we're doing that that's why we're trolling each other we probably shouldn't be doing that but it just feels like we're in control when we're battling with your random uh acquaintance from university you know but we it's probably not helpful so maybe i'm not going to go into stinky twitter anymore <laughs> does that does any of that make sense yeah no that makes sense and i i really have only one person that i do this with because i want to know what the opinions is it the same person that you're talking it's the same person because i want to know what the opinions of the other side is it's a bit like i would have a better life if i just muted this person but i'm gonna answer back okay answer clap back all right door i think that's that's a wrap for today lila tove door goodbye jeffrey my name's jeff i'm calling in from california my name's Dora, and I'm joining you from London. Out of 16 million, we are two. Two freaked out Jews.